So, with the new direction of the show, we're going to be making some changes around here. Uh, of course we are. Oh, what now? Oh, not much. Shifting some bits around, a few tweaks in personnel, new announcer. <laughs> yeah, new announcer. You tried this at our last contract negotiation, and I knew you were bluffing then. You don't know anyone who can match my timber. He's got you there, Al. Man has a hell of a timber. It's timber. So, can we just stop pretending you're replacing me again and just get back to... Hi, guys! Uh, Al, is that TV's George Lowe, well-known voiceover artist and star of Space Never mind Go? what I was the star of. That's, uh, quite the timber you have there, sir. It's timber. Mr. Lowe, can you please say your catchphrase for us? You know, I'm George Lowe. The hell kind of idiotic catchphrase is that? Now, my catchphrase is, thank you for the sandwich. That's fantastic, George. Oh, so you're on a first-name basis with him now. Who do you think gave him the sandwich? Now, George, take it away. But I... My timber. Timber. Sorry, man. Daddy's got to eat, too. Uh, go get me some crullers, would you? Right now, go get the crullers. No, I have to have food right now. Crullers, now. Crullers. Stupid new voice guy. Yeah, give him a sandwich, too. I never got a sandwich. I never even got a donut. This is the Sarcastic Voyage Podcast, featuring the Sarcastic Voyage unpaid voice acting players <laughs> and special guest, me. Hi, I'm George Lowe. I'm leaving a huge pause for massive applause. Now, here are your hosts, Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. I mean, you come from logging stock and, and the, the pelts. What the hell is a pelt, anyway? A pelt is what's left of a beaver after you've taken the bottom out of him. Why would you take his bottom? Isn't it full of tail? Well, yeah, but you can sell that tail, and then you can also sell the pelt separately. What is a pelt? So is that like when you take uh, Linus and Lucy's van away? Yeah. And all you have left is a pelt. All you have left is a pelt. And then you hold up, like, a football and run the yeah. beaver at it. Right. Run the beaver. That's a that's a popular football play. All right, team, we're going to run the beaver. And then the top then the top flies off and you have a pelt. And you put and you load it into a van and take it to market. All right, Henderson, that's at least a $20 idea there. You know, we haven't explored the Henderson has to invite his boss to dinner option oh, either. Oh, yeah. And I'm actually surprised that hasn't come up yet. Well, I don't I I I've never been in a job and I've had professional like proper career jobs. Uh where I would invite my boss to dinner. No. That like, just I, seems... That's not a thing that happens anymore. It's sort of like doctors who make house calls. It's, yeah. It went away. Anderson, if this dinner is as good as I hope it is, you'll make vice president. Oh, let's not burn the roast, honey. Can you even get promoted for that? Like, I feel like everyone else in the company would get really mad about that. That almost feels like bribery to me. Yeah, it's uh, it's roast oh. harassment or Oh, wow, Henderson, how did you get promoted to vice president? Well, I invited the boss over for dinner. And that worked? Well, yeah, my wife did all the work. I just sat there and ate. Doesn't that, I mean, nice like, meal. so you're not qualified for the job at all. No, no my, my wife, wife just is, makes a killer roast. <laughs> and she did all the work because I threatened, <laughs> I threatened to divorce her or make her vice president. <laughs> <laughs> The Radio Adventures of Matt and Algar, starring Matt Robotham and Ron Algar-Watt as themselves. 
Our story so far. Matt and Algar have managed to track a saboteur to a mysterious jungle populated by dinosaurs and lizard men. But then they, their sidekick Dottie, and a robot who's following them around for some reason, were captured by those same lizard men. And now, today's episode, Prisoners of Science! We're hanging in a dungeon, in chains, again. We do seem to be in this position an awful lot. Your position is enviable from where I hang. Horses? He's upside down. How are you doing over there, Dottie? Oh, I'm okay. When you two told me about all the times you've been captured and thrown into dungeons, it sounded kind of fun, in an adventure kind of way. It's not actually much fun at all, though. Well, the good news is they never leave us hanging here for very long. There's always a guy who comes in and... And there he is. Oh, now what? Well, I can see this guy's deal from here. Hey, nice lab coat. Are you planning... One day you'll learn to keep your mouth shut. (laughs) I doubt it, Mr. Matt. Listen to me carefully. We have a lot of information to exchange, but I can't abide lengthy conversations. So, you will have three sentences no more than two clauses each, to explain to me why you are here and who you are. Horses, that was an awfully long sentence for somebody who doesn't like lengthy conversations. Silence. I'm starting to say why you hate hearing that word so much. Right? Okay. Three sentences. Now you have one. We are adventurers, comma, who, comma, with our sidekick and some robot who started following us around. Hey. I told you I was coming with you, and you said, I quote, Sure, whatever. Actually, that was me who said that, and I regretted it almost immediately. Believe me, if I could get to my jetpack, I'm most certain they wouldn't still be... Silence! You, black leather bejacketed one, you have half a sentence left. Make it count. Thanks for buying me some time, guys. This is hard. For you, undoubtedly, are trying to track down... Our superior officer, comma, who appears to have tried to kill us recently. Ow! I said two clauses. Yeah, maybe you should have asked me. Or even the kid. Dottie, do you know what a clause is? I sure do. It's like a sentence inside a sentence with its own verb and subject. Sigh? Actually, that's a very smart little girl you have there. Thank you. I owe it all to Mr. Matt and Mr. Owl. I don't know who that is. I can only assume they're the people hanging here. Hey, I'm a person too. Not for my purposes you aren't. Coward. Now it's my turn. I'm a scientist who turns normal humans into lizard men. You met my two, uh... Oh, son of a... I need to tend to something. Stay here, please. I think that's a new record. For what, Mr. Matt? For Al being punched. He only got it twice from that guy. Twice so far. Touche. Oh, Matt, you speak French. Hmm? Oh, of course you do. You're Canadian. Well, yes, but I... Aha, oui, oui. Vive la France. I have no idea what that means. I don't think it means anything, Mr. Matt. What? I'm a continental fellow. Parlez-vous les bonbons? Voulez-vous couches avec moi? I think I could do with a few punches about now. You know, they're really not that bad. Well, that can't be good. Tune in again for our next exciting installment, Queen of the Reluctant Lizard Men. Only on the Sarcastic Voyage Podcast.
gang! If you want to be a sarcastier like me, it's easy! Just go to sarcasticvoyage.com and click on the button mark store. We'll send you a window cling, a numbered badge, and your very own decoder ring. You can use it to decode messages from Mr. Matt and Mr. Al to get all kinds of extra goodies. And it's all only five simoleons. That's five dollars to you. Five dollars was a lot of money back now, but it's nothing to you future people. So join the sarcastiers today. Take it from the club president. It's aces! Hello, sir. How can I help you? Yes. Uh, hi. I'd like to buy a comedy sketch, please. Well, you've come to the right place. Have I? Do you specialize in comedy sketches? Not necessarily, sir. But you've walked into a shop and asked for something. That's one of the most common ways to begin a comedy sketch. I see. So what are my options? Well, we've got the standard thinly veiled social commentary. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And how does that go? Well, you'd uh, come in like you did, and you'd say something like, I'd like to return this military drone! It's been shooting at people it shouldn't be shooting at! No, oh, that's that's horrible. That's not comedy, is it? Oh, uh, I'm afraid so, sir. If you think that's dark, though, there's worse. There's gallows humor. You just shot that puppy! I did! Do you get it? I didn't! That was horrible! Well, humor is subjective. You could try to return it as faulty merchandise, but that's been done. How about this? What on earth is... It's surreal. We're doing a nonsense sketch now. It's a bowl of pudding with a beanie cap on it. No, it isn't. That's my son, and I'll not have you insulting a no, member of my... No, no, no. This won't do it all. I thought comedy sketches were supposed to make me laugh. Well, there's... Uh, this is a real crowd-pleaser. What is it? The pop culture awareness sketch. Uh, let's see. I like the way you died, puppy. What was that? It's from that movie, Django Unchained. I never saw that. All you did was remind me that the puppy is dead. Yeah, not much fun, is it? Okay, I have uh, one more thing, and then I'm out of ideas. It's called meta. It's when you're aware you're in a comedy sketch. Oh, yeah? How does that work? Well, in the hands of a clever writer, it's a device that can self-reflexively comment on the overall concept of humor in general and the form of sketch comedy in specific. But in less skilled hands, the writer basically just uses it to acknowledge that he doesn't know how to end the thing. Sarcastic Voyage has embarked on a modest undertaking to chronicle the entirety of human history in sketch form. Join us as we uncover the mysteries of the past in our ongoing feature, which we call History. It's not as good as it used to be. Following the First World War, Australian veterans had been encouraged to take up wheat farming in the western part of the country. By 1932, the onset of the Great Depression had led to generous government subsidies to assist in the effort. Unfortunately, the farmers were about to encounter a force far more detrimental than the Depression. Gentlemen, as Minister of Defense, it's my duty to look after the defense of this great commonwealth, which explains my title. Hey, I just got that. As veterans of the Great War, you men must once again be called upon to serve Queen and Country. Major, how many of these men still have their machine guns from the war? Uh, all of them, sir. Really? You think we'd taken those back? 
Uh, well, sir, Australia is, as you know, uh, one of, if not the most dangerous place on Earth. So you're saying we let them keep their machine guns and their, uh, uh, what do you call those tube things? Uh, didgeridoos. No, 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 the ones that blow things to pieces. Oh, bazookas, yes, sir. Uh, the men couldn't part with anything that's clearly an Australian name as a bazooka. Good on you, Major. Sir? Yes, Major? Uh, who are we fighting, exactly? Oh, yes, that. Uh, well, the thing is, uh, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. What I'd like you to do is take the 7th Artillery Division and meet me at Campion. Be sure they bring their machine guns and their, uh, uh, bazookery dues. Yeah, you got it, sir. Well, Major, as Minister of Defence... So I know who you are. Is it necessary to... Enemy approaching! Men, radio weapons! Corporal, hand me those field glasses. Good on you, mate. There. You see the bastards? Fifty of them at least. What? Behind the ostriches? They're emus, Major. We don't even have ostriches in Australia. That seems funny. They even sound kind of the same. Ostrich. Australia. This is serious business, Major. So, uh, just so I'm clear, you want us to kill those birds with our machine guns? Yeah, that's right. Doesn't that seem a bit like overkill, sir? You ever hear about how a swan can break your arm? Well, look at those swan. Are swans and emu even the same thing, sir? The giant pissed-off birds, Major. They looks like the same thing to me. Sir, are you an orphanologist? No, I'm not. There's no such thing as an orphanologist. It's an ornithologist. Sir, are you an ornithologist? Well, as Minister of Defence, if you never let me finish, one of my many duties is to monitor the activity of all Her Majesty's great birds. Really? That's part of your job description? Show of hands, man. Who's read my job description? Sir, that man doesn't have a hand. It's been pecked off. My God, the enemy's breached our defences. Ow! My arm! You broke my arm! What did I tell you? Hi, George Lowe here. Did you know that the Great Emu War actually happened? You can read more about it in your local Wikipedia. Or your library, I guess. Are those still even a thing? All right, let's let's explore this basket thing once and for all. Where does it come from? Tell me, tell me about your mother. <laughs> That's just one of those words I think sounds good. Basket? Yeah, basket. What about triscuits? Eh. You can make a basket out of triscuits. See, triscuit. I mean, you could put a triscuit in a basket. And you Take can make market. a basket out of triscuits. Yep. See, because it's wicker, and so are triscuits. Right. Right. Now, could Ooh. you whisk a basket of triscuits? <laughs> That's not an answer, Matt. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm enjoying that. Whisk Whisking a basket, a basket of, of triscuits. triscuits. Well, you're not wrong that that basket is a fun word. I'm just I'm teasing this out a little. See, enjoy it. Whisking a basket of triscuits. Whisking a basket of triscuits. With your musket. With your musket. Trisket and a brickhead in your basket and and whisk it with your tris with your fuck. Hang on, I got this. Put a trisket in your basket with a brisket. Nope, you don't have it. And a bisquick. And a and a biscuit. With some Nesquik. No, that's it, I quit. Oh. Don't you patronize me. I came up with brisket in a basket. <laughs> I'll make vice president. For I'm pretty this. sure Denny's came up with a brisket in a basket. <laughs> Denny's if you're just... saying you can do Denny's job better than Denny's can, I'm going to have to argue with you. 
I, I listen. I know Denny. All he does is arrange food into different piles and call it something stupid. Denny is all about um, humiliating the customer. Yep. Unless you spoon over my hammy. Yeah, unless you're drunk at two in the morning, which is really what Denny's is for. Of course. And you're coming in, and you don't have the um, you don't have the self consciousness that you would have sober. Yeah, give me a moon over my hammy right here. But when you're when you're sober and it's just time to go to breakfast and that's all that's open because yep. the the pancake house ends up being a Thai food restaurant and you want right. to sue them <laughs> because the steep roof restaurant should be a fucking pancakes house and not a Thai food restaurant. But uh, you you're at Denny's because it's the only place. So you know you you maybe you got up late. Maybe and you everywhere else, late. maybe you just want some hash browns. No, I mean maybe you got up after civilization ended and Dis- and, D- and Denny's is literally the only place you can eat. Like you got up really late, <laughs> like Bruce Campbell at the end of uh, at the end of Army the, of Darkness. The Army of Darkness, late. Yeah. Wow. And then uh, and Denny's is all that's left. <laughs> that is indeed a distur- a Denny's topia, if you won't. Oh my god. I've tossed Brainiac's giant robot into the great red spot on Jupiter. Now it won't threaten... Wait. I'm picking something up with my telescopic vision on one of Jupiter's moons. Io, I think. It's... Yes, it's definitely a man. Wait. Two of them. And one of those men is a woman. Great Krypton! From the looks of them, they're from... Krypton! Hello! You down there, can you hear me? Oh, Christ, it's him. Well, there goes a romantic getaway. I thought he lived on the third planet of this system. What's he doing all the way out here? Uh, who knows? He apparently doesn't even realize that sound doesn't travel in space. Maybe if we just ignore him, he'll figure that out. Yeah, apparently not. Look, just play it like you don't even know who he is. Hello! You two appear to be from Krypton. How is this possible? I thought I was the last surviving Kryptonian. Wait, did you two escape from the Phantom Zone? Because if you did, you should know that I'm sworn to protect- Oh my god. Kellel, shut up. Hell, that cover story didn't last long. How do you know who I am? How can you be from Krypton when it exploded years ago? Uh, the, um... Oh boy, the thing about that, Kel, is, um... The... Krypton's fine. It never exploded. Great Scott! Yeah. But how? My father put me in a rocket and sent me to Earth because our planet was doomed. Sure, that's what they told you. But the truth is, well, you were a bit of a dullard. The Science Council decided that you were just too stupid to hack it on Krypton. But I was just a baby. Yeah, and you scored a dismal 12 points on our stupid baby matrix. That's well within the bizarro percentile. So we sent you to Earth to live among the mouth breathers who might actually respect you. Now see here, the people of Earth are not really bright. They haven't even invented the stupid baby matrix yet. But I'm a hero! I made the Earth spin backwards so time would run in reverse and I could literally be in two places at once. 
Um, I defeated a powerful foe by using my power of throwing my S symbol at them until it turned into a giant piece of cellophane. Uh, I stopped a rogue weather satellite that changed the actual weather on Earth. Will you listen to yourself? None of that makes any sense. Next, you'll be telling us that you can make women forget things by kissing them. Well, since you mention it... Listen, man, Krypton is a utopia. In the old days, we just euthanized a baby like you, but we've evolved beyond that. Now we just shoot you into space and hope you don't try to fly back home. But how could I fly if I leave the influence of this system's yellow sun? Oh, God. He actually bought that story about the sun. We can all fly, you dimwit. How would that even... <sighs> Never mind. This is all... It's just so much to take in. Yeah, we need to get out of here. Trish, would you? Uh, yuck. Well, okay, if it'll get us out of here. Oh, man. What happened? Oh, well, back to Earth. In May of 2013, Warlock Ageddon, the fourth largest fantasy and sci-fi convention in eastern North America, welcomed among its roster of washed-up former celebrities Tad Ghostel, also known as Space Ghost. Mr. Ghostel was known not only for his terrible 60s TV series called, imaginatively, Space Ghost, but also for a talk show called Space Ghost Coast to Coast. These are some highlights from his Q&A panel held at the newly renovated and sterilized Commander Hentai's Tentacle Pavilion. <laughs> Any of you girls want to get in the Buick with Daddy? God, no wonder I'm off the air. I'd, I'd like to kick this off by asking, how's your butt? How's my butt? How's yours? Mine is like a field of lavender. You're quite well known as a talented mimic. Can you give us one of your impressions now? I'm George Lowe. I've had people say that to me before. I'm George Lowe. Hi, I'm George Lowe. Nice to see you. I'm George Lowe. How do you do? I'm George Lowe. Hi, hello, yes. Uh, I know that Tang is the preferred beverage of astronauts, but surely you get more choices on the ghost planet. Uh, so please, tell us, uh, Coke or Pepsi? Coke? Are you kidding? The other stuff will actually remove rust off your boat. Oh, wait, hang on. Uh, hello! Hello. My name is Crowley. Uh, Crowley Bindersnatch. Of the proud house Bindersnatch, of course. <laughs> ghost snatches. And I have a question for Mr. Tad. <clears throat> Mr. Tad, could you please settle this age-old, and might I add highly philosophical debate, uh, once and for all? Robots? Or man? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, I've lived long and proper. <laughs> I would have to say robots, because they can open cans. And of course, men can't have babies either. Hello, Mr. Ghost. My name is Susan Wu from Midland High School. Go Badgers! I was wondering if you have any words of wisdom for the graduating class of 2013. Yes, hmm. Well, let's find out when I turn your genitals into this floral arrangement. <laughs> Which makes no damn sense to anybody. 
Were you invited to Mustache Charlie's funeral? Yes, I was. I even got to comb it before they stuck him in the hole. Now, if you would allow me, perchance, to have a uh, to have a, a slight uh, fan thrill, if you will, and if we could sing the uh, famous knife and round song together. Cut! 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 I can't say cut! Cut! Cut as fast as I used to because I'm at the age now where my eyebrows are weird. The following questions have been submitted by Twitter. I like them. I need to be very clear that I have absolutely no interest in their answers. Trying to score some points there, are you, chum? Question one. Do you have any tattoos? Mine spells hepatico enterostomy, which is slang for your deal. <laughs> Question two. Did Zorak really go out to Hollywood to make it big? Yeah, goes, goes walking around all over, uh, all over Rodeo Drive with a sport pepper hanging out. Or did he die? I, I, I like my version better. And question three... Oh, God. How do we bring back Firefly? Is that a real thing? Yeah, I told you I don't care. Why, thank you! Anybody who's read your book knows you got screwed out of the residuals for your 60s show. Did you make a better deal with the Cartoon Network? Were you able to retire off those residuals? Ah! <laughs> Taxes, which is slang for your deal. <laughs> Good times. How would you wine and dine John Landis, director of Dear Woman? First, we would go to Dervener Schnitzel. Then, we would get a six-pack of Mickey's Big Mouths and sit in the car until we threw up. Uh, hi. Is there... If you could have had anyone beyond Space Ghost, who would that have been? Hmm. Ham. Ham. Yeah, yeah. From Mad Men. Rick Dees. Uh, Heather Locklear. <laughs> Humps. And a follow-up question. Did you really eat Emo Phillips? Is it Emu or Emu? Emu. Emu. It's Emu, I think. Emu? Emu. 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 I'm pretty sure em Emu. Y you've been to a lot of exotic places in, in your travels. Have you picked up any foreign languages? And if so, could, could you say a little something to us in one of them? Boy, I hope I don't have to have one of those. <laughs> Keep watching our YouTube channel for other convention highlights, including Funeral for a Friend, a tribute to Frank Miller's sanity, and Adam West, Somehow I'm Still Alive. And be sure to buy your tickets for Warlock again in 2017 before the... Oh, they're sold out. Another eight-minute window for 2018 tickets will be opening shortly. Have a... Have a warlock a wonderful day. Man, I haven't had good frisket in forever. I just can't get it anymore.
do they make frisket anywhere? I mean, can you can you import it maybe? My grandma used to make fresh frisket. Really? Yeah. Did she did she whisk a trisket or did she make it the traditional way? No, she made it the traditional way. You know, she took it out back. Yeah. Stuck it in the barrel. <laughs> made it pick tra- a switch. Gave it the traditional shake. I thought you you took it out back, put it in a barrel, made it pick its own switch, and then beat it. <laughs> no, you take it in. You take it out back. Uh huh. You get it pregnant. Put it behind the shed and shoot it. Oh. Are you sure that's a biscuit? I never said it was a biscuit. I don't know what you said. I, I can't remember listening. anymore. I was receiving a text message while you said that. <laughs> I have no idea what you just said at all. Oh, the professionalism. Today's episode of Sarcastic Voyage was brought to you by Biscuit and a Trisket, or whatever the fuck we're calling it now. So, Matt, we don't have any mail Hi. this time. No, we sure don't. But last time we had mail that requested more Matt facts. Oh, okay. Would you Would you care to give us a Matt fact? I will give you a topic if you like. Very well. Uh, the topic is briefcases. Briefcases were first were first used uh, primarily in the 1960s in North and East America. They were primarily used to ship boxes of tiny screws and Soviet spy secrets across the border. Uh, during the late 80s, they were rebuilt out of wood. Uh, so that they could be used in the 1987 Olympics. They were sponsored by Mr. T, who made a solid gold briefcase to wear on his neck. He wore it for three years, uh, and but eventually sold it to pay for his second house. Very nice. Thank you. I do miss the Matt facts. We all and do. They, and they just ended. Yes. If you would like to contact the show, the address is sarcasticvoyage at gmail.com. So, Matt... We must wish them a certain kind of journey. What what kind of journey would you would you like? Well, them I would to hope have? that they would be safe. Safe journeys. This episode of the Sarcastic Voyage Podcast for the love of Mister Limpet. What? Oh, it's you. Here's your damn colors. Well, nice double poo. Could you have taken six hours to get them? Yeah, nice work. What'd you have to do? Walk all the way across the street? Thank you so much. Mm. Oh, you're good. Mmm. Mmm. Tasty. Mmm. Mmm. not get any work done, no. Mmm. Oh, these are tasty little bastards. Mmm. Ah, could have overnighted them. Just saying. You did good, kid. I feel kind of bad about stepping on your gig here. You want to finish these credits together? Why, it'd be my pleasure, sir. This episode of the Sarcastic Voyage podcast starred Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham with Michelle Baradwaj, Duncan Bosco, Mark Bosco, Jason Ellis, Dave Fields, Kimberly Lajeunesse. Nice work if you can get it, boys. You know what I mean? <laughs> Joseph Rabinson, Amanda Smith. And Sabrina Snyder. It was written by Ron Algar Watt. With Gav Brown and Matt Robotham. All right, Dave, let's take it home. It was, was produced, produced by Algar, Algar Productions, Productions, copyright 2013. That's a damn fine timbre you got there, son. Why, thank you. And Matt Robotham. Robotham. Robotham, which is slang for your deal.